0: Hello, listeners. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely going through a divorce or thinking about it. And if so, you are not alone. Over a million people get divorced in the United States every year. But we know that divorce can be an extremely complex and expensive process, especially if you have to hire a lawyer and spend a lot of time in court. And that's where Hello Divorce comes in. Hello Divorce is an online divorce platform that makes it easy and affordable to get a divorce yourself. With Hello Divorce, you can complete the entire divorce process online, in your own home, and at your own pace. They offer a variety of features to help you get through your divorce, including easy to use online forms and guides, a step-by-step walkthrough of the divorce process, and access to experienced divorce professionals for help and support. So if you're thinking about getting a divorce, I encourage you to check out Hello Divorce. The founder, Erin Levine, is a friend of mine, and I honestly admire what she has created with Hello Divorce so much. This platform is the change we need in the divorce industry. You can hear Erin explain more in her episode on the podcast entitled The FYI on DIY Divorce, I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes for you. So you can get more information, resources, and support at hellodivorce.com forward slash beyond. And if you use the code beyond, you'll get a hundred dollars off your service. So go to hellodivorce.com forward
1: slash beyond.
0: Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast.
1: Our kids need to form their own opinions about their parents, and we need to form our own opinions about our divorce process and what we need and what we want. Everyone's financial, emotional, and mental health situation is different. And we need to figure out and maybe get some help from experts on those things, but your Aunt Sally isn't an expert. Unless your Aunt Sally is a financial manager with Morgan Stanley, (laughs) she's not going to be the expert on what is the right financial move for you in a divorce.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we have a brand new guest for you all, not someone who's brand new to me. In fact, Kelly Bro Olson has um, been sitting on a task force with me recently. We're working on a task force to redo the family divorce mediation guidelines that haven't been updated in our industry for, gosh, forever. And you know when you meet somebody who's just so interesting and so intelligent and has so many really well thought out things to say, you just sort of naturally gravitate to them. And so we got to talking and all kinds of fabulous things I found out about Kelly. Um, Some of them I already knew. She's an associate professor and the mediation clinic director at University of Arkansas Little Rock Bowen School of Law. And she also teaches family law, ADR, domestic violence courses, mediation, and family mediation courses. But the other exciting thing that I found out about her is that she is also an alumna of the University of Michigan, as am I. Go Blue. So we have been having a lovely time talking about our team as we move forward in all kinds of exciting ways. And we hope they continue to do so. I won't keep talking about that. (laughs) But first, let me say, before we dive into our topic, just thank you, Kelly, because I know you all don't know how busy that Kelly is, (laughs) but I do. And I know she has a very big meeting right after this. So she's making the time to meet with us and share some of not only her educational information, but also some of her hard-won personal sort of insights into our process. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me.
1: It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, and and I'm excited to talk about today's topic because it's something that sort of evolved from our conversations of what we wanted to talk about. And, you know, the episode is about managing when divorce is your new normal. And I actually love that title because there's really nothing normal about divorce, right? That's, you know, there's the new normal of divorce, but is it really normal? And, and there's so much to unpack on that. But, re- and then also the insights to how to sort of navigate what that normal and my air quotes are going everybody, but um, what the normal looks like as you move to perhaps really the new normal, which is your beyond, as I call it on this show, obviously. So we're going to dive into that. And let's just start, you know, just a little bit of a, a background about you, by why this topic really kind of resounds for you really resonated in a way that you wanted to talk about it.
1: Well, I am, as you've said, a professor, and my my passion is kids and family law and including dependency neglect and also special ed. But When I personally got divorced, I was in the middle of grad school and I was learning about child development. I was learning about everything else. And so I had a unique and pretty helpful educational moment going on while I was going through a crisis and difficult, you know. And so when there's people around you who don't understand your actions because you're not doing something that they might think you would do in in case, in my case, getting very angry and upset about my divorce or punishing my ex because of you know things that, that just went on between us, I knew how important it was for my kiddo to have his dad and knew from representing kids in cases where they really needed their parents, from looking at child development, from looking at what else had gone on, that it was really important. So I had, had this balance of personal and professional. And then as you probably know, when you go through a divorce, especially if this is your area, a lot of people come to you with questions or they have a question about a friend and it's a real friend, not just a friend friend, right? And so you start to kind of work on, okay, what's my elevator pitch to a person who's getting this or what's my five minute or if it's a a sister of a good friend, how am I going to help her get through this? And it's different for every person, and I know you've seen this in representing people and talking with all of the amazing experts you've had on your podcast, is that we can add a bunch of different things in and we can talk to people, but until you go through it, you don't actually know what it's going to mean to you. And you have people that you might look at that have been through it and this happened for them or that happened for them, but it's not the same for you. So how do we talk about that and how do we work through it? And While my story isn't important, it does inform how I've talked to other people as they've gone through it and what I've input into my professional career working with people and also personally working with friends.
0: So, well, see, I told you everyone she was really smart (laughs) and she she knew how to say things. And and this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? This, This new normal and the fact that, you know, first that you say your own life experience and your education sort of converged. And and I've been really open with my listeners over the years that, you know, for me, I had been a single woman as a divorce attorney. Then I was a married woman as a divorce attorney. Then I was a married sing- a woman as a divorce attorney going through a divorce. Then, and, and that didn't, you know, that's somewhat my divorce without children, somewhat flavored my divorce practice and my, my view. But when I met my current husband who at the time had five-year-old triplets and was going through some uh, rather contentious divorce, and I started (laughs) to see their little faces in the midst of that, you know, sort of paradigm, that's when my practice started to change. That's when my life experience collided with my life and or my professional experience collided with my life experience. But you also mention something that I think is really important for people to know. And that is suddenly when you're getting divorced, your new normal will include opinions from a lot of third parties, a lot of advice, a lot of insights, a lot of yeah, buts when I, you know, and, and it's really important to filter that, isn't it?
1: It is so important. And I'm so glad you, you, we were talking about this because you hear really good advice. You hear really bad advice you hear, and it's all well-meaning, you know, and people are trying to help you and trying to say, Oh, but this is what I went through. And, and I don't know if you've seen this too, but we have a few people in the family mediation industry that got into this industry because of a bad experience that they had. Yes, And, and I think that, um, we, you need to filter. I love the word filter. You need to have people around you that can help you make your own opinions. And you've talked about this in your podcast with when you talk to the experts on kids or the kids that formerly went through a divorce, but our kids need to form their own opinions about their parents. And we need to form our own opinions about our divorce process and what we need and what we want. And- A lot of people will say, I'm sure you've heard this. This is old, but, you know, you stay in the house. Don't leave the house. Don't make any decisions. Don't move. Don't. And it's like, that isn't great advice for everybody. Everyone's financial, emotional, and mental health situation is different. And we need to figure out and maybe get some help from experts on those things. But your aunt Sally isn't an expert. Unless your aunt Sally is a financial manager with Morgan Stanley, she she's not going to be the expert on what is the right financial move for you in a divorce. And I think we need to remember that because as well-meaning people are, their experience especially, you know, and you and we can relate this to motherhood, what your mother went through when she gave birth to you, not the same. In my 12 years between my kiddos, lots of things changed even with my own kiddos. But what worked for them doesn't necessarily work for you, even if it was last week, but especially if it was 20 years ago. Think of how much different the advice is that we give people now than we did 20 years ago.
0: And that's a great point, right? You know, the people that you're talking to, I mean, the reality is if you're going through a divorce, people in your life have also gone through divorce, right? There's just no way that you don't know anyone who's gotten divorced. And you said it, they're well-meaning They want to support you. They love you and care about you. But what may have felt like support to them, yeah, we've always hated him, or yes, she never really fit in, or whatever these things might be, that may not be what you need to hear in that moment. It may have been what worked for them. And it can be very hard for people to understand and accept, and I think you may have experienced this, that your divorce... And the decisions you're making in it are different from the ones that they might make, even in your same circumstances or what they perceive to be your circumstances.
1: Yeah. And can we talk a little bit about those emotions, right? Because oh, yeah. we talk about the fact that for some people, and depending upon where you are on your emotional on, on your emotions, you may be someone who surfaces their emotion and cries and talks a lot of things and is very emotional, and you may not be. And people may ex- expect you to be one way or the other. And so why aren't you more upset or you need to calm down? Don't, you know, don't be so emotional. It's not going to help, but you need to be who you are. And, and I don't think you should try to change for an attorney or for a friend or for a parent who wants you to be one way or the other, because I think you need to work through those emotions. And this is where, and you and I have talked about this, one of my concerns, one of my asks for people going through a divorce is to get professional help for for themselves and for maybe for their kids but definitely for themselves if they find themselves relying on their friends and family too much because it's a hard time it's a short period of your life even if it takes a while but you may not want to in two or five years, be looking back at that period and saying, oh, I wish I hadn't shared that with that person, or I wish I hadn't done this. And a professional can help you work through things at your pace, whereas you might not get that same feedback from a friend or same help from a family member who wants to see you through this process or wants you to get over things, right? Everything has its own timeline. And it can be problematic if people want you to finish things early or want you to take time and think about things if that doesn't work for you.
0: I mean, you, you, it's your divorce. Right, sure. your experience of your own divorce and your family's restructuring—it's um, it, it, you know you're making decisions about both your life, your children's lives, and in some ways about your uh, co-parents' lives, yeah. uh, life as as you go forward. And everyone around you is not always going to agree with the decisions that you're making. They're not going right. to understand the decisions that you're making, and they're not going to always understand your needs because we're human and we filter your needs through our own, right? Yeah. Like it helped yep. me when somebody brought over ice cream and a bottle of wine and we watch sad movies and I could cry all night. That might not be what we it might be what works for you, but it might not be what works for you. It might work better for you to go for a run or, um, take a trip or just, you know, whatever that might be, or talk to that therapist and having that professional support. I always say family and friends are, are absolutely wonderful for the ice cream, right? For the um, passing over the tissues or just that girlfriends need to go out or whatever those things might be. But when you need like actionable tools to help you manage your emotions and work through the difficulties, a mental health professional who's not related to you (laughs) is probably a better choice.
1: The other piece is that sometimes as women, especially, some men too, but as women, we have trouble asking for things for ourselves, including asking somebody to stop talking about your ex-husband or your soon-to-be ex-husband this way or ex-wife this way. Um, and I think a professional can give you the tools to have the hard conversations with your family members about how you don't want them to talk your husband down in front of your kids. You don't want them to baby you. And I, I don't know if I've shared this story with you, but when I was 30 years, 30 years old, recently divorced, my dad, uh, I was leaving on a Sunday night and my dad said, are you sure you want to drive home tonight? Why don't you stay till the morning? And I said, dad, I live 20 minutes away. And he said, I know, but it's dark. And I said, dad, I appreciate this, but I'm feeling a little bit like you think now that I'm divorced, I can't do the things I did when I was single. Um, you know, and and he's like, he's he just laughed and he said, well, you know still your dad but yeah, it I was, was say, <laughs> mine but, would have said the same thing <laughs> um, but i but you do i think people may look at you differently or you feel like they're looking at you differently but how do you have that conversation with them and how do you give them boundaries about what you can handle because well meaning they want to step in they want to help you but you need to figure out your new normal. You need to figure out what single parenting is gonna look like. You need to figure out what your finances are gonna look like, what you're, where you're gonna live, how it's all gonna work sometimes. And help and support, and I like the way you said that, is is very nice, but well-meaning people can try to take over for you because they feel like you can't handle it. You might be emotional, you can still handle these decisions. And if you need help having those conversations, uh, a professional can help you with that.
0: Yeah. And and that's really actually so critical for us. We can do hard things, right? Glennon Doyle. Um, yeah, like that. Yeah, we can. It's, it is hard. Nothing that we're saying about any of this is ever intended to say, oh, this is not a hard time. I mean, the, right. the process of any type of deep and significant and profound change in our lives is difficult, whether it's yep. happy or sad, there's still difficulty with it but you mentioned something else here and and I really want to hone in on this because this is such a common occurrence that is a part of that family and friend support it will extend to your children and people's conversations or attitudes about their other parent and this is this is so hard for people to say please don't talk about that my children's co-parent that way you have to have that conversation and this yeah. is probably one of the single most difficult things i think for people to to do because it's so well meant or it's it's intended but it's so harmful for kids
1: yeah it's totally intended to be support for you and to be on your side and be on your team and teams are important but they have to you have to realize they have to realize when you have kids You're all part of the same team. You're just dividing the responsibilities differently, right? And, and that that person is going to be in your child's life. And one of the things that I've said to students, to law students and lawyers and mediators and friends and clients is that your child thinks of themselves as half of each parent. And when you put down the parent, you're putting down half of your child. Now, obviously that's not true for all kids. And we know kids are resilient and they, and they think of different things, but you would never just look at your child and put them down right and your i don't think your parents would either or your siblings or your good friends but they don't think about that they think about being on your team and and what a jerk and the person the person has put you through something um so i do think those conversations are important and some people can do it and some people you know have difficulty the other piece is that i i talked about somebody who who needs help to do it but they, you also might be able to have those conversations, but just want some help in framing them or how to do them without being so blunt or to do them to keep the people in your life. There's lots of different ways to have these conversations. And you and know, I have talked about this. I teach a lot about emotional intelligence for people that, you know, are familiar with it. It's there's your personality, there's your IQ and your your basic intelligence, and then you're, there's your emotional intelligence or EQ. And that is eminently changeable, and you can work on it, and it varies and flows. Um, and we've learned a lot about it. We've learned it's very important in the business world, but it's also important when you're going through a divorce, when your emotions are changing, when everything else is going on, to think about, okay, how can I be emotionally intelligent around my kids, around my ex, around my friends and family, and still feel what I'm feeling, but think about how it's impacting the people around me. Hi listeners,
0: I wanted to let you know that the Divorce and Beyond website is a great place to visit if you're looking for more support and information as you move through your divorce and beyond. We have links there to all the latest episodes, we have the full show notes and links from the most recent episode, there's a sign up for the weekly newsletter, and we have lots of freebies and downloadable resources for you. We even have a Divorce Topics page where we have broken down the episodes by topics so that you can find the episodes that are on point to your issue of interest. There are pages on episodes on financial topics, children and divorce, high-conflict divorce, and more. So visit the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com and find exactly what you're looking. Stay tuned for more from Kelly Bro Olson as she gives you some real actionable tips on navigating both the new normal of the divorce process
1: and the real new normal of life after divorce. You know now things that you didn't know before, but what are you going to change going forward? And that's give yourself grace, give your kids grace, give your ex grace where you can, but you don't have to every day.
0: Some days you won't have it in you. Some days it's just not there. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show featuring Hillary Rubin, master coach and divorcing mom who shares her insights and lessons as she is going through the divorce process. This is real, in-the-moment information to let you know you are not alone. An initiation is you're going to go through something that who you were and who you are when you come out is gonna be very different. And you don't know how long it's gonna be. And immediately you have to become resourceful. And now we return to today's show. And I think one of the barriers for people when it comes to EQ or EI is, well, how, where, where, where do I find out how to, de- you said it's, it's a develop, you can develop it, you can work on it, how? How do you do that?
1: So that's a great Good. question. So there's all kinds of stuff online, you know, I, and um, my daughter could tell you more about TikTok than I can tell you about TikTok. I'm sure it's on TikTok, but there's tests online that you can look at. There's all kinds of books. Daniel Goleman has, was one of the founders of the movement. There's several different models of it, and we can talk a little bit more about it. But um, he's written multiple books, Emotional Intelligence for Children, Emotional Intelligence for Adults, Emotional Intelligence in the Workplace, and Basically, what it is is its concepts of thinking about how self-aware you are, how you are aware of other people's emotions. If you remember, if we we're gonna we we're gonna date ourselves and lose some of our young, the lung, young listeners you have on your podcast, but um, <laughs> Seinfeld had the uh, close talker, so yes. the person who was in the person's face, right? And yes. why was that so funny? Was because they weren't respecting what Westerners think of space. Now, if you talk to someone who spends a lot of time in China or India, or huge packed populations, they actually don't have the same spacing, physical spacing that they need, right? Because they're used to being crowded. But part of emotional intelligence is reading people's facial expressions and what's going on with them and figuring that out. And sometimes we're in a space where we can't do that as well, but we can improve it. You know, People are good at it or bad at it, but I love the fact that you can improve it. So you can look online at books, look online and find books on it. You can take tests online to sort of find out where your EI is, and then work on it. And I've done trainings for hospitals, and <laughs> believe it or not, you may believe this very well. Academics, lots of problems oh! with EI. <laughs> so
0: not a lot and, of EI in
1: there. <laughs> not always, no. Um, and also doctors and, not... and 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 relationships with nurses and I'm patients and things like that. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. Judges who who once were lawyers most of them. Everybody has an EI status and they can improve it. There's a whole movement now in business because there's been studies that have said that 70% of your success is based on your EI and only 30% on your um IQ. So I think that's interesting. But when we're talking about a divorce, I want to give people space and time to not be emotionally intelligent about some things, but realize that's where they are. And that's one of the things we talk about in, in and we, I think you brought up at the beginning was the difference between short-term solutions and long-term solutions. And you said What is the normal now and what is the normal going to be? Because we've both talked about Zina a who's a great internationally known mediator. And part of what she did in my training 25 years ago was talk about, you need to just not think about where you are now because where you are now can be painful and hard. And there's grief, whether you were the person that left or the person that's leaving. Um, But where do you want to be in five years? And where do you want to be in 20 years? And what do you want the relationship to be between you and your kids at that point? And so who's going to be sitting at the graduation dinner? Who's going to be, you know, where, where, who's going to be sitting at which table for the wedding? And is that going to be okay? Thinking about where you are now is important and where you want to be is also important.
0: And and that's you know it reminds me of something Christina McGee, who's who's a parenting expert who's been on the show a number of times, and she always says you know something she asks co parents when she's working with them in coaching is you know when your kids look back on your divorce, what what would you like them to say that they're proud that you did as their parents? Yeah. Right. And, and that puts an entirely different perspective on maybe the, the little tiffs and arguments that you're having or what seems so important in the moment as you're fighting over the big screen TV or something like that. Trust me, that won't be what your kids five, 10 years from now are are proud that you got in, in the divorce. Right. So those yeah. are the things. And, you know, I have to say, I just want to focus on on something that's sort of the, you know, overriding Uh, Tone of what we're talking about here is one of the things that I love about this topic is every single thing that we are talking about is focused on what you can do. There is nothing in this that is focused on changing your ex, making them behave a different way, taking control of things that you can't control. Everything that we've talked about and are talking about in the new normal now and the forward thinking normal. Yeah, are things that you can do in this moment to make this experience—I I, I don't know if easier is the right way to say it—but really make this experience something that will work for you as you go forward toward that new normal.
1: One of your favorite uh, people is uh, Dr. Shepali. Shep, Shuff, is that am I saying? Oh, right? Shafali.
0: Shafali, yes. Sorry, I knew
1: I was going to get yes. that wrong. But but when she's been on and talking about the conscious parenting, right? And but con- being conscious about who you are. You know, and I remember that one of the things my dad said to me when I was going through a divorce was, you know, oh, I'm so worried about what's going to happen with my son and and how is this going to work? And he said, if you're happy, your son will be happy, you know, whether you're divorced or single or remarried or whatever, you know, what, what attitude are you taking into life? That's what's going to matter to him. And I thought it was so important because it, it is about you. It has to be about you. You know, and I don't want people to forget about their kids, but they got to, you know, it's the, it's the airplane oxygen mask. You've got to put it on yourself before you can put it on your kids to make sure that they're okay.
0: And think, I mean, that's really a mic drop moment that when your dad said that, if you think about how profound that very simple statement is, your son will be happy if his mother is happy. I mean, that, that is the that's a reality with, with children. And, and, you know, we forget, um, Michelle Dempsey Moltak was on my show a while ago and she had one of those, she dropped one of those mic drop moments into the episode that has stayed with me for, for so long, because she said every morning when she wakes up, she asks herself, who do I want my daughter to grow up to be? And that's who I want to be in my day. That's what I want to model for her. We have yeah. such power and our you know we are such models for our children. We tend to yeah. forget that as we get go through the divorce process. It is a hard time. We can it's easy to fall and I, and we haven't talked about this, so maybe we should. It's easy to fall into agreeing with people when they you know, put down your, your ex yeah, or their absolutely. child's father, it's easy to go down that train in that moment. We might, it's like the ice cream in yeah. that moment. Yeah. yeah. It might make yeah. us feel a little bit, a little bit yeah. better when we get on the scale the next time we may not like it as much. Right. But it takes, it takes some power and some insight and some, you know, strength to be able to focus on not taking that low hanging fruit, that fruit that feels good in the moment.
1: And let me say from experience that sometimes you need to have that cocktail and discuss that with your friends and outside of the space of your kiddos, never in your house, personal experience, even if the doors closed. Do you think somebody else is busy? Don't talk about your ex because I want you to have that moment outside of that space because that's important because you 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 get to vent, you get to. And I know this is one of the things we've talked about and I talk about as a mediator all the time as a trainer. Attorneys don't like venting because they're afraid what their clients are going to say. Sometimes you need an opportunity to vent. And so, a lot of family mediations these days are coming down to just being settlement negotiations. Everybody's in a different room. Absolutely appropriate sometimes, but sometimes you need to vent. And where are you going to have that opportunity? If it's not a mediation in counseling somewhere, just we want it outside of the hearing range of your kids because they hear things. They know every kid that's met through divorce. And I think you had someone on your on your show and you guys talked about this that said oh yeah kids know i knew everybody knows oh yeah so just pick your battles and pick your timing but know that you're allowed to vent because it's lousy what you went through for for a lot of people and it and it hurts even if it was you that started the process it hurts so have those moments but we're just trying to keep the kids out of it and i think that's part of the process right that's part of the process of saying like wait i i need to vent about this and then figure out what's next.
0: Well, and figure out your plan for how you're going to be able to accomplish that, right? You know, have that place, that friend's house you go over to, and, but you're so right about the, you know, uh, if I had a dollar for every client as a divorce attorney who said to me, or parents as a mediator who said, oh, our, our, our kids don't know, you know, yeah, they, they have no idea what's going on. We've kept, you know, we never argue in front of them your kids know yes. your kids know yeah. and those conversations if they happen in the home even if it's just the tension in the air your children know right. i mean Absolutely. watch the split films i've had ellen and on yes and, yes. On and they're amazing of the films oh they are they're such a wonderful tool but if you think your kids don't know go listen to those kids talking about what they knew they knew and they know
1: And and here's the other side of this. And I I know you've had a lot of child experts on it. And I feel like I'm one of those people with uh, a little knowledge is dangerous. But the other thing about kids is I'm asking you to pay attention to your own emotions, be able to vent, let them vent. They don't have to be happy and they're going to have feelings and it's okay. I think it's important to go to experts about that too for them or to, you know, because they're going to need to vent and be mad. So where's their outlet? because you you don't want them to be happy all the time and i know we monitor our kids emotions and and what's going on with you and how are you going to get through it i i think it's important to to give them that opportunity and not expect them to be happy about things and also not make them think like everything's going to be fine right never have more untrue words been spoken yeah,
0: everything's fine so, it's going to be fine you don't need to worry about anything just be a kid right, that's actually right. straight from one of the split films You know, that's and the the girl said, you know, that's just a load of crap. You know, everything's not going to be fine. I think that's a really good point um, that, you know, everyone deserves to to have an outlet for their emotions. And there's two thoughts that I have. and, And you may have had the same experience. There's one for many parents when their children are venting to them or are acting out, or having a lot of emotion, negative emotion, or feeling free to let that out, parents don't realize there's actually, that means your child feels safe to express that emotion with you. So there's a, a subtle compliment in that mom or dad that your child feels safe enough with you to let that out. But there's also a realization for many parents that they may be better off having a professional to vent to, because you may not have the skills or the tools to support them fully in, yeah. in venting properly.
1: There's a great resource. I don't know if you've seen this, but The Emotional Lives of Teenagers is a book by Dr. Lisa Damore. And she's also got a social media presence so people can look her up on Insta or um, online. Uh, but she, she wrote this great book about helping kid about helping parents deal with their kids' emotions, but letting them have them because they're important and they need to know how to deal with them right? Because we can't get those, we we don't want to just make them shove everything down inside. And and that's what we're saying for adults too. And I think, you know, the new normal is going to be hard for a while because you're going to have to pick days with your kids where you're upset about something, they're upset about something. And, you know, maybe it's because they're 13. Maybe it's because they're going through a divorce. Maybe it's because somebody looked at them the wrong way in the hallway. Yeah. But think about your emotions might be that off too, no matter what age you are going through a divorce, that, you know, you're making progress, you're going, but it can be a bit of a two steps forward, one step back, two step forward, you're moving forward. But any kind of grieving process, like losing someone to death, but losing a relationship can be, oh, this reminds me of them. Oh, I'm going to call him. Oh, I can't call him anymore because he's my ex or something like that. So give yourself grace, I think. And you've talked about that before on here too, uh, with with many of your guests about, the importance of of taking care of yourself and giving yourself grace and giving your ex-partner grace for their responses.
0: Right. In that moment, I call it the grace of space, right? We all, we all deserve it. And, and maybe that's the final takeaway from this episode. And what we've been talking about is really that, you know, if divorce is your new normal, that there's no one set way that it's going to be, and you need to Be kind to yourself and know that, although this is your new normal right now, it's not your permanent new normal. And you know maybe you one one or two words on. I like to talk about the beyond because I always want to remind people that even if this is your new normal right now, there is a beautiful beyond coming. I've actually never had anyone come on and say that their
1: beyond
0: uh, did not have its beautiful elements to it. So I'm wondering yeah. about you.
1: Absolutely, and for me that involves you know a great job and a new a daughter that I adore. And there's been a lot of those great moments. Um, and I think it's true for everyone. But I I do want to just step back for a second if i can and talk about one of the things that that we talked about is what your new normal is and and you had beth mccormick who's also a friend of mine who i adore on and she was talking about the benefits of collaborative law and i remember she said it's better to go through with a scalpel than a machete which i absolutely believe and i love collaborative law and i think there's absolute ways to make the process easier on you i also think that a scalpel hurts too and I think one of the things that, that we need to say is in that new part, you're going to be recovering from something and you're going to look back and say, was there grace? What happened? You know, how was I? And I don't want you to look back with regret to not taking care of yourself during that time. What else could you have done that that made it better 10 years out? And I think that's allowing yourself to have those emotions and feeling it. And I think, and you've talked to a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of people about a divorce. I've never heard anyone be upset about treating someone too nicely, taking time and sharing things with their kids, sharing events with their other kid's parent, figuring things out what works best for them and feeling like you did the best you could. And, you know, Oprah, who I know you're a fan of too, and uh, the Chicago, she used to say, you know, know better, do better. You know now things that you didn't know before and your podcast is a huge help with that, with all of this advice, but what are you going to change going forward? And and that's give yourself grace, give your kids grace, give your ex grace where you can, but you don't have to every day. And-
0: Some days you won't have it in you. Some
1: days it's just (laughs) not there. (laughs) I did uh, have a little bit of a period where I would have somebody read my text before I sent them because I just wanted that, you know,
0: That's called a coping mechanism, folks. That
1: is called, (laughs) you
0: know, safeguards. In the end, I bet you've looked back on that as a well-thought-out
1: strategy. Absolutely. Whatever, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. And sometimes that is accepting all the help that your mom or your friends can give you. And sometimes that's putting on a boundary and saying, I'm going to do this myself because I really want to figure out how to do it myself.
0: Yeah. And I can drive home in the dark by myself, Dad, (laughs) right? Absolutely. But thank you for caring. Yes. Well, right. And that's a perfect example of the fact that your family loves you. Your friends love you. They want to support you, but sometimes they're not you know, the way that comes out is not quite what you need in that moment. So you're a big girl. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were able to drive yourself home. So I love this episode. I love the, you know, the forward focus for people, you know, so if you are in that new normal of divorce right now and feel like this is going to be your forever, it is not, it is not. And there's so many different ways. We've talked about some of them here where you can focus on you and your littles yeah. and help everyone through. And and we promise you on the other side, your beyond can be beautiful and it will be a new normal that is not this new normal.
1: And whatever your new normal is, your transition period, whatever, whether it's a couple of months or a couple of years, it's yours. And And don't let anybody tell you that you're it's amazing. And you know, the comments will be, Oh, you're, you're just moving on, aren't you? Or, Oh, are you still there? You know? (laughs) And it's, it's gotta be yours, but it, it will, you know, and all of a sudden it's, it will be this light that you feel when you get up and it will be the light that you have at the end of the day that you just didn't have before. And so we can't, does it? wouldn't it be nice to have that crystal ball and say, Oh, this is what it's going to, this is what this process is going to be for you. But that's part of the issue is getting through it. And it's, it's the old story of the the butterfly and the chrysalis. They need to fight their way out of the chrysalis because if you cut it open for them, they die. They can't make it. They have to do it themselves. And so this transition period, this new normal is what you need to fight to get to your next step.
0: And it's how you grow into that new person that you are on the other side. And I can just tell you, at least for me, I am a very different person on the other side than, than I was and I like me better and I like my life a lot better. And it was because of the hardship and the, 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 you know, going down that path on my own learning, you know, a lot of new ways. And if I'm a divorce attorney who learned from the process, everyone can, It's, 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 just something that, you know, that new normal that new normal can be amazing, folks, on the other side. So keep that hope. And Kelly, thank you so much for joining me with this. I, I loved this conversation. And we're going to have to have more of these uh, because there's so much. I'm thinking an entire episode on EQ and EI where we really walk through helping people develop those skills and develop their EQ. Because frankly, if that has 80% to do with uh, your success rate, and only 20% is your, your IQ. Let's, let's get on it, folks. I
1: I would love, I would love that. I would love that. This has been a total pleasure. And um, I look forward to having more conversations. And also, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, they can find me and and ask me questions about, about EQ or other things, because I love being a resource for this. And that's part of my, my normal, my new normal is that I get to talk about these things with a variety of people going through, you know, their own issues and, and having gotten through them.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, that is the best Family law professionals are the ones who are truly there and we're here because we care and we want to make differences. So if someone were wanting to reach out, what is the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Probably my um my email, which is mediatingmom at gmail.com, uh, which is which is very fun, though people do tend to spell it wrong and say meditating. So don't yes. do that. Uh, it's <laughs> it's mediating, mediatingmom.com. And I would be remiss and get in trouble with my co-author if I didn't mention my book. So if I can do that real quick, my Jeez. uh Peter Salem and I have just finished co-editing a book and writing some chapters in a 29-page book on family dispute resolution, Um, and it is for young professionals. It's for graduate students, law students, and people who are maybe the mental health professionals. We've got it written. There's 29 chapters, but there's more than 50 authors, preeminent people in the field, and everything from online divorce to mental health to working with families with children with disabilities cultural issues all of the different issues surrounding divorce and and family dispute resolution mediation and beyond including arbitration and early neutral evaluation and other pieces so i it's a bit much to read it's 900 pages but oh um it God. was it was a labor of love we're excited it's going to be published by oxford uh university press in the early spring so
0: well, when it comes out, I will have a link to it and we'll showcase it again. Maybe we'll come back and we'll talk a that. little bit about that. But colleagues, it's out there. So make it's sure coming. that you do get a copy when it's, yes, it's coming. It's not yet quite out there, not but when yet. it does, make sure that you get um, uh, your hands on it. I'm going to get a copy, um, if only to like, you know, I don't know, use as a doorstop with 900 pages. So, my <laughs> that's goodness. That's fair. No,
1: I'm that's, totally that's reading fair. I, I, No, it's, <laughs> but I do think, and it it is, yeah, well, we could talk more about it next time. But yeah. the, it, I do think especially some chapters will be really helpful for people going through a divorce, but also mental health professionals that don't know enough about mediation or mediators who don't know enough about the mental health issues that people are facing when they go through it. No.
0: Well, and I always say, you know, sign of a good practitioner is they're always learning and they're always yes. wanting to learn yes. um, because frankly, you can never, I learned things in this, this. is one of the best parts about having a podcast and getting to talk to really intelligent people like you Is I always learn something new. And when I want to know more, I can just have you right back on the show. So we'll see you again in the thank early you. part of 2024. We'll talk about some EQ IQ and keep this going. But again, thank you so much for joining me, Kelly.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure.
0: Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content content So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.